Hello, everyone. I am Barrett Anderson, COO of Strategic News Service and the SNS uh, Conference Corp. And I'm here today with Mark Anderson, our CEO, to talk a little bit about uh, Elon Musk purchasing Twitter. So, Mark, you first met Elon many years ago. Can you tell us a little bit about how he got first got involved in SNS and Future Interview our conference? Yeah, I believe I met Kimball on email as a subscriber for SNS first, his brother, Kimball. And then I think Elon learned about SNS through Kimball. And um, my understanding is Elon was talking to Nancy Schoendorf, who was an important person at Moore David Al Ventures in the Valley. And I was on their advisory board and he was talking about creating SpaceX. And she suggested to him that he fly up here to meet me. And so he asked if he could, and I said, sure. So he flew up with a uh, required co-pilot and uh, came for lunch and we had lunch in Friday Harbor, my hometown. And we talked about whether he should start a space company or not. What did you, what was your advice at that time? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and he had some pretty funny ideas. I don't think he'd mind me sharing them, but um, I'll be a little careful, but he, he, he knew that he wanted to get the launch price down by 10 X, mm -hmm. but his ideas for how to do that were very basic. So I won't share all of those ideas with you, but, uh, it didn't matter. What mattered was it was a good goal and the timing was perfect. So I said, I said, uh, absolutely, you should do it as long as you put me on your advisory board. And then I don't think the, he got an advisory board. So I'm not <laughs> sure I got the whole deal out of that one. All right. Yeah. Well, let's, okay. So let's flash, flash forward to today. Uh, Elon came to fire seven times. Um, he remains an SNS member. And I'm curious if you were to fly up again to Friday Harbor let's say, if you were to have done that over the weekend to ask you if you thought he should have bought Twitter, what would you have said? You know, give him two different answers. Everything that he's ever done, as far as I can tell, have, has been for the good of humanity. I don't think there's anybody else of his stature of, of whom I could say that. Certainly none of our current crop of tech CEOs. I, I'm not very proud of most of them. So, um, what an unusual guy. Uh, he, his motivation is, uh, as far as I can tell, relatively pure. He wants to make sure that we don't get wiped out as a species. He wants to make sure that we don't destroy ourselves in global warming. Uh, every project he does is a high risk, high reward project that he takes on for that reason. From that perspective, when he says that democracy requires free speech, I completely agree with that idea. And if that's his pure, and it probably is. If that's his pure motivation, then I would applaud it. I understand, I think, I understand his thinking about wanting to have a global free speech icon, which really is free speech. Um, there's a lot of argument right now about what that means, but um, I think that's his motivation. So I'd say, sure, go ahead, go do it. On the other hand, as a friend of his, I'd say, well, stay far away <laughs> because, and he's mentioned this himself, but, how many arrows will he catch, you know, from this? None of this is going to be fun, I don't think. So um, being the caretaker for Twitter or for anything today in the social network world would just be a gigantic pain. Everyone's going to hate you no matter what you do. True. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, Jeff Bezos tweeted yesterday, a couple of days ago, 
Jeff Bezos, uh, his best friend. I mean, that, that Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos, his best friend and chief competitor in the space race. Chief yeah. competitor in the space race. Who has, who has no, uh, no self-worth whatsoever tied up in uh, Elon not doing well. Yeah. Regardless, he not tweeted. Jeff. He tweeted. He tweeted about uh, the fact that Elon has a lot of, uh, you know, business interests in China. Yes. And uh, he speculated. No, he has one. He has one business interest in China. Tesla. Tesla. And and his question was, is there any essentially, is this an opening for China to have more influence on U.S. Speech and information warfare, or specifically on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good question. Now, don't forget, Jeff Bezos used to run and still probably does run a company called Amazon, which is China's number one way of shipping illegal, counterfeit, copycat, stolen IP products into the victim country, America. There is no company beyond Amazon in terms of responsibility for destroying the people who made the things they're counterfeiting. And he does it knowingly. So we'll start with that Jeff Bezos, the guy we're talking okay. about. All right. And um, uh, I think I understand why Elon felt that he had to build a car plant in China. I, I don't know all the details of the contract, but there's been a lot written about this kind of quasi secret contract he made with various governments there. and. What do they say? And uh, my understanding, which surely is imperfect, is that they can kick him out any day of the week and just take it. So he's in a very fragile situation in terms of that. Mm-hmm. I think Jeff's correct to point to that. Um, I, because Elon is so unusual as a personality, as a person, as a character, I don't know that he would respond to that kind of thing the same way Jeff would or that Tim Cook Right. No longer my favorite CEO. Who we have to, who, for reasons we've talked about on this blog. For reasons before. we have discussed before. I think a complete coward in terms of China. So um, um, I think that Elon would be much stronger than Tim, but it's hard to say. And what do you, I mean, so clearly, you know, the first thing that he said about what he wants to do with Twitter is take it private, right? Yeah. yeah. And, um, in fact, Jack Dorsey, who is the founder of one of the original founders of Twitter, um, has said that he supports that entity, that he doesn't think that Wall Street should be involved in the management of what Twitter really should be, which is a global information network. Um, we have one of our other members, Michael Dell, has also done, did, the, did that right. with his computer, with his right. company, Dell yeah. Computers. Yeah. Um, what, what is your thought on that approach? I get it. I think it's smart. How do you think that will impact Twitter as a company and the way that it operates? Well, don't forget, um, Elon's experience with Wall Street is not a happy one, um, which is probably why SpaceX remains private. Um, uh, He was, Tesla was the most shorted stock in history, as he often points out. And if he has a, a, a hate in his life, he probably hates short sellers, Wall Street short sellers more than anybody else. Um, you saw his Bill Gates encounter the other day. So um, that, but for reference, for anyone who hasn't seen, that would be he declined to invest in a philanthropic effort that Bill Gates was trying to recruit him for because Bill was still shorting, his still shorting his stock and yeah. refused to stop. So um, 
Yeah, nice job, Bill. Um, back, back to the idea of which CEOs are you most fond of. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that that has really stung him long-term. You know, I, I think that experience of, of being the most shorted stock for a long period of time really made him angry with that process. And why would he want to go through that again? It's interesting. So, there, was, there was a company. So I started a company a couple of years ago that was investigating um, information warfare specifically and kind of analyzing trends in information warfare. And though we were not tasked with or working for or under contract with Elon at all or any of his properties, one of the things that we kept finding in searching through and analyzing Twitter data was a massive information warfare effort connected to demeaning him and his companies, which I thought was interesting, you know? Yes, yes. You can think Absolutely. of a lot of people who might have been interested in doing that, including those connected to, you know, if Tesla is a publicly traded stock, there are a lot of bots that operate to try to manipulate stock prices. Um, you could also imagine, you know, if, if you are an oil company, you might be interested in deploying information networks against the largest growing electric car company in the world. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm curious, you know, when you think about that, that it kind of intersects with this question of going private and information warfare. To me, when I think about Elon buying Twitter, that is, a you know, he has experienced that firsthand probably more than almost any other CEO in America. Mm -hmm. And it seems like that might be a key motivation. From his he, has, he has mentioned it. Yeah. He mentioned it in his Chris Anderson TED talk recently, and he's mentioned it elsewhere. Uh, New York Times had it up and uh, he, he specifically says, I want to get rid of the bot, you know, the bots. And uh, I think he does. He recognizes the, the evil of having bots flying around. Yeah. Pretending to be people. people's opinions. Yeah. 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 So uh, in general, let's, I think we should end this. Let's do a, a rating of our hopefulness at about Twitter's future as a platform for free expression mm -hmm. now versus beforehand. So mm -hmm. I think in the before times on the, uh, in its current iteration as a publicly traded company, I would say that my um, confidence level in its future as a platform for good or for free expression is relatively middling to low. I'll, I'll give it a four out of 10. Yeah, I would agree with you. It was not doing well financially. Uh, it wasn't doing great in terms of getting additional users. Um, it was having a lot of issues, but uh, it was still surviving. And how would you rate that now? Much higher. I think that the board probably, you know, it was an interesting thing to watch that board. They said no, basically. They mm -hmm. took a poison pill action so to make sure he couldn't get it. And then they had a weekend, I don't know, barbecue or coffee clatch or something, played, you know, cards together. And, and then suddenly it occurred to them uh, that at about the same price, I think $2 more a share, they should take a yes on that. And the only yes I've got, I don't have any inside data here, but I think they realized how much more money the company would be worth if they accepted his offer and he were actually owning it, right? Um, even though it's not publicly traded. So it would not surprise me at all. You know, there are different metrics when you're private, but... If, if the company were worth two or three times what it's worth today, a year or so from now, that would not surprise me. 
And I think part of it is because not only does he have whatever it is, 83 million followers or some number, but uh, he's a good manager. And, and it's funny to me, you see so many people, I, I don't know why, but they criticize him all the time for his costumes or how he acts or his management or being a guy instead of a woman. I don't know what it is. There's something there they don't like. Uh, but I saw the Wall Street Journal last week came out with a thing saying, surprise, surprise, probably the best manager on the planet. And I, you know, I kind of agree. So you look at the companies that he's had so far, they've done great. They've just done great. Been hard, but they've done great. So he probably, maybe he is the best manager on the planet. And I don't think that the current management is. So uh, the chips are quite high that, that the company will do well. All right. Good to, good to know. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you. We'll be, we'll be back next week with more, with more video commentary.